0: Hey, Dave. Hey, I'm glad you could come over and play a little squad leader today.
1: Yeah, this is great, Jeff. I noticed, um, I thought I'd expect this. You said you were, like, remodeling after... Uh, yeah, after worked.
0: I I earned all that money it's on that program I wrote. Oh, man, yeah. like,
1: was, was that, like, millions?
0: Yeah, almost a billion dollars. And
1: all you did here was free paint. Yeah, I you, I, you know, I'm a simple guy.
0: I don't have a lot of expensive needs, so... You know, it's hey. t- it's still me. Right. We're still playing squad leader, isn't that cool? Yeah, that's cool. I was yeah. afraid I'd feel inferior. Actually, if you ah, redid the place big time, or I'm whatever. the same old guy. I'm really glad that you're here. So uh, why don't we get to playing? Yeah, hey, uh, Kurt, would you bring my American counters in, please? Ah, yeah, thanks. There, yeah, there we go. Hey, thanks. Oh, and could you uh, could you bring me a beer too, Kurt? And you want one? Dave? Uh, sure. Yeah. Hey, Kurt, two beers, thanks.
1: All right, here we go. Yeah, so, Jeff, isn't that... Uh,
0: yeah, you know, I, I... Well, okay, I splurged a little bit. I decided to hire a caddy. So, it, yeah, there he goes. Yeah, yeah but, but, but a butler
1: stuff. here in the house? But yeah. Isn't that Kurt isn't that Schilling? Oh, well,
0: yeah. But he needs the money. <laughs>
1: episode 128 129 I think 129 remember how i used to really care yeah <laughs> you still care <laughs> well i could look it up but you just looked it up didn't you yes i did so it's 129 yeah and today is october 20 20- 29th nine yeah what a kawinkading! yeah we're gonna do this is the two half squall. Oh, is this our horror show Oh, the last episode was the horror show. They're all horrible, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> Wasn't one going to be Just monster my, stuff? Yeah, and that's then we kind of said we kind of lost track.
0: Well, October kind of, you know, and we should explain why we're talking like this.
1: I don't know because you started it. We
0: don't. You get, started it. We don't get enough listenership from down south, and we thought we—that's right. We're we going to fix that right now.
1: That's right. We need to get some more listenership from
0: the deep south. Yes, yeah, indeed. So all you people down there in Alabama. And Mississippi,
1: Mississippi. And Missouri. That's not that far south. Well, that's where my family farm is, yeah. and you're right. They don't quite, it's not really as far south. But they talk like that. Well, yeah, they, yeah. Oh, southern Illinois, you get start to get a little, so some well, you get Well, you get south
0: of I-80, and they start talking with an accent. It's amazing.
1: Why are you? You're not having fun talking to the no, an ex anymore. I'm, I'm or, afraid or, we're going to offend somebody. I, because oh well, well or someone will email and say, "You don't even do it right. Stop yeah. doing it. Stop your French, and now stop <laughs> yeah. your Southern." Do you know? I had a great, a great we took I was teaching editorial cartooning. Oh yeah, that's always. a I remember that in eighth grade. We, oh,
0: great. we studied editor, editorial cartooning. We had to draw great. our own. Each person, had yes. to draw one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I really Crazy. like. So part of it, one part is is um, argument or have a point of view. Yeah. Right? Say say something. So you're supposed to have an argument, right? Like, you know, it was really wonderful to use child labor because it helped the economy move forward. And, okay, great. Show me that. That's wonderful. Right? So you have to have an opinion about something, right? Mm-hmm. It's so funny with the kids – the ones who aren't quite getting it, probably due to my poor teaching, I, I come up and that. they go, look, Mr. Kleinschmidt. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a picture of Queen Lili O'ulakalani. Yeah. And of Hawaii. And like, right. Good. You can tell. And I'm like, yeah. Well, what about it? What about it, though? It's the queen. Yeah. Of Hawaii. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like yeah. Oh, Yeah, but what what about the queen? Like, it's the queen. (laughs) I'm like, okay, let's go back to argument. Yes. What happened to the queen? Did you like what happened to the queen? It's like, try and remind them during class when there's a moment that you're going, oh, that's really cool. Teddy Roosevelt saved some national parks for us. Great. Or you're saying, I can't believe that happened. Then those are your arguments. This is good. This is bad. Make a judgment. This causes that, maybe. Right? Great fun. Great oh, yeah. Fun. But I was going to talk about stereotypes. Or is this too risky
0: for you? Well, I don't know. I haven't heard it yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you want me to read your mind? Well, it gets a little... I can't tell where you're going with this. Hey, you want to teach social studies, you have to take some risks, and you have to be very cautious. But yeah. I have one coworker who she says, "Well, anything that mentions even Islam or Christianity, I just don't. I'm not comfortable." And I'm I'm saying, "But well, wait a minute. Now it's 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 right in your textbook, right? The Mayflower Compact, and they signed a little pledge. It's, it's you just have to keep everything in a historical context, and you have to keep separation of church and state. That you have no opinion, which you shouldn't have much politically either, or in any other regard. Yeah, right. We are the Dispensers of information, and then we can challenge kids in their thinking, right? To keep them thinking, and and, and encourage uh, uh, conversation and discourse and sharing of opinion and and um, belief. But how do you do terrorism? and Not mention certain things. Yeah, right. Well, just, that's good. Right? You can't do this in a vacuum. So stereotypes is a similar thing. Mm-hmm. People are very cautious. You know, how do I approach these race relation problems and? history of racism or and um so the part of the editorial cartooning from a company called mind sparks is stereotypes and talks about the drunken athlete the you know nerdy college professor which you know i always tell the kids you know here i am a teacher i'm perfect proof that that's a ridiculous stereotype the nerdy you are far from nerdy you're (laughs) anti-nerdy And then um, a cartoon, by a cartoonist, in it, and people say, your stereotypes of teachers are terrible, outdated, and then your stereotypes of this minority group are put-downs, and your stereotype of this other group are gross distortions, and your stereotypes of religious people are, and then he goes, okay, here's my new stereotypes, and it just shows a role of white people. <laughs> Right, all looking exactly the same. Yeah, so it, to some extent, you have to have this language in your head of of communication and where stereotypes fit to say a thing. As long as you're careful to, of course, know. You know what I'm saying? It's a, I, yeah, a quick way of communicating so. in a concept. Right. Like, this is a hip street kid, so I'm just going to draw this kid with his pants down. You know, and it's, yeah. it's kind of stereotype cause, but it's communicating. Right. And so without that it gets real challenging. Yeah. And a great symbolism cartoon where at the end of the Cold War and the cartoonist is sitting at his desk and the repo man is coming he's taking away all his symbols for the Soviet Union because mm. it no oh, longer okay. exists. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's collecting the evil empire and the the bear and the all you know everything's going in a box. Very funny.
0: Now are the kids pretty good at these cartoons?
1: Yeah, they some of them are. I can imagine and, some of them. And it's a great way to tell if they really get the concepts, yeah. you know, down without picking multiple choice that they can transfer the idea into a symbol that's appropriate or yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, I didn't.
0: I, I think I didn't get it. I th- Well, I take that we couldn't. I knew I got it, but I couldn't create one.
1: Yeah, different. That was
0: the problem, and I remember the one. Actually, we had to do it in groups, so I did it with my friend Bill.
1: Oh that's harder. I would and think.
0: we decided we were going to do something about pollution. And so he went and did the drawing and he did Mount Rushmore with all this garbage all over it. And and it looked horrible. I <laughs> well, mean it was it was Part of it was just the drawing, but part of it was it didn't really make a point other than it's Mount Rushmore with garbage all over it.
1: Yeah, and if we continue polluting, but yeah, it might be better to do a before and after or some other way of, yeah. Or some clever, even to have a clever caption Mm -hmm.
0: would have been something. But I remember one of the other kids did one that was amazing. It looked like it came right out of the Chicago Tribune maybe it did if they plagiarized it. You know, it's possible. It was a very good drawing. It was the the economy. The the title was The Economy Takes a Tumble. It was a guy laying on ice. He was the economy. And it was a very cartoony looking guy. And the ice was labeled inflation. Yeah. You know. Nice. Yeah, it was really good. And I thought, (laughs) I don't get it. He gets it. But the interesting, you know, the stereotype thing is very interesting. I, I meant to mention this on the last show because we were talking about those comic books and I, I, how much I enjoyed reading those comic oh, books. Oh yeah! But even as I was reading them, and and some of those were from twenty oh nine, some of them were from the eighties 80s. 80s, and earlier. Yeah, we saw A couple it. came out a little earlier. Yeah, but they're World War Two. They're almost all from the perspective of the Allied side. Yes, and they're talking about the combatants that they are fighting and they're referred to as Japs or Krauts or, and I think I can say it. Uh, yeah. Cause this is, this world is war that war kind II of show. Yes. It's a world Our war audience II show. Is Sophisticated. And yeah. that's just, you know, that's just, but as I was reading that, thought, Ooh, I'm cringing a little bit. Oh, And I remember as a kid, we'd call them the channel. You know, Let's get the Japs when we were playing army. Yeah. Let's get the Krauts. And, um, but i've developed a sensitivity to it it makes it a little hard to read those things but i and i'm wondering if i'm over overly sensitive about it and how did the comic books how did dc comic books approach this and say you know are we are we going to homogenize this are are we going to make this more palatable for oh, the modern reader yeah, especially the 80s when the writers the,
1: were putting these together yeah cuz by the 80s you know the civil rights the, movement had happened oh, yeah. and you couldn't and say 2009 right was one issue right. yeah so they must have had a discussion. They must have. And and, may, and in the interest that of decision. historical. Well, and, and in, some historical my, actors, in some of my yeah. films I show, you know, obviously there's also some some slang terminology. So, so we're very careful to say. It's kind of the idea, when you teach the Holocaust, it seems silly to me to tell the kids, the ideas you hear here are not, you know, what's it to say before TV shows or at the end? The ideas... You presented are not necessarily those of management uh, or, yeah. The, uh, yes, Yeah, right. and I, I kind of tell them it's not okay for you to start, like, draw swastikas on things. Yeah. Okay? Let's. Right. And normally they know that, but then you do get some kids who don't quite know, oh, what we're learning is not an appropriate way to act or yeah. that vocabulary. Right. Yeah. Um, and even with the stereotypes, we're, I'm very careful to say the, the pro, what's the problem with them, and we get to oh, when you blanketly assume everybody is like this, right? Because that's just not true. Yeah, but but it comes from some realm of, and so later in the year, we're looking at an editorial cartoon about the world's policeman, the world's constable, Teddy, and Europe is trying to get at Latin mm-hmm. America, and we're in the middle, and the Latin Americans have sombreros, and one of my girls in the front row is like, what? They, they don't wear sombreros like that anymore. And, and I'm like, well, well, right, this is an older cartoon, but even then they may not have. But as they're dealing with the stereotype to yeah. easily communicate to a American audience who they are. What they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, as you said that, it did
0: make me think back, going back to the comic book, even though they use the word Jap and kraut, um, the characters portray they portrayed as the japanese and the germans were not stereotypical they portrayed them really as i'm thinking about it as human beings fighting on the other side so they didn't have all the japanese like short with uh, buck teeth and thick glasses yeah for, for instance yeah you know they they depicted them when they when they took the japanese point of view these were guys these were humans fighting for their emperor
1: with their own reasons, even in and the so, old
0: cartoons, even in the eighty-five, the ones back from the mid-eighties. Okay, yeah, how about the sixties? We're, we're during
1: the forties, I
0: wonder. That'd be interesting. Yeah, to well, see. probably not. Probably not so much.
1: Yeah, so they because so. sometimes you know we've talked before on the show. I think about the stereotype of the evil Nazi, even right, right. It's you throw it out there, but there's exceptions. Yes, and the kids are shocked in class when I say, "Oh yeah, here's a here's a German officer." you know, Nazi Party member, and he was saving, doing this real subtle thing to save Jews. You're like, what? You know, or, oh, here's this Jewish person turned in other Jews. Well, people do things when they're desperate or pretend to be someone else to survive. Yeah. Right? Right. Those kind of concepts. Yeah, and that's one of the things
0: that made that show. uh, There was a show that I mentioned on public TV about the Channel Islands. I think it was Islands at War or island at war hmm. it was called it was like a six part series it it was going to go on for further seasons but i think the writer passed away but it depicted the germans occupation of the channel islands during world war 2 and the way the british people were dealing with it this and this came out like 5 years ago and it was really kind of interesting because i it, it made me wonder is it only now that the British can do this? Can bring themselves to do this to portray the, the Germans as real people? Yeah, and you really get to know the German characters and their interaction, acting with the people that they're holding prisoner, and it really created some very very interesting, interesting dynamics. Yeah, there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's a very I mean, very good thought.
0: Well, let's talk about ASL. I mean, this is all about. But first.
1: <laughs> It's all about Remember, everything related to ASL. Because in the game, you find stereotypes. Right. You find symbolism. Yes, you do. 4-6-8, you know. Right. Political (laughs)
0: cartoons. Look, this is a huge bottle. I'm sorry I had to bring this. Beef Eater. Beef Eater Gin. Beef Eater. This is, um, listen to that. Can you get that on the (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm sure you're getting it. Here we go. (laughs)
2: <laughs> that was just a
0: shot that's a very big bottle my brother brought this over the weekend was in what a town nice guy I never yeah. give you gifts like that you're not my brother <laughs> well in a way I am he has to give me gifts because he's my older brother so he brought me this I helped a friend of his with his uh, computer and my brother brought me this and he fixed my grill which has been out of commission for two years <laughs>
1: For two oh, yeah, years. I was going to paint your shed, or we were going to do it together. Yeah, yes. We need to do that next yes. summer. Paint, you, please, Dave, come you, and
0: paint my shed. Did you get that done yet? No, man, I'm waiting for you. Well, now it's winter coming up. Yeah, too late. We'll have to all wait right, till next, next year. Spring, yeah, we'll get to that. Job. Robin and I always do that. We always say, well, let's paint. We can't paint in the summer. It's too hot and sticky. Okay, let's wait till the fall. fall. In the fall, it's like, all oh, the leaves are coming down. It's going to stick in the and paint. Then, and then... If we wait another week, it'll be too late. Okay,
1: let's wait. Spring off the rain. So rainy. we do, yes. And that leaves more room for squad later. I remember we painted a house and, and the rain came. We were cramming it in there and, and we stood there watching the paint start to run <laughs> off the wall. Yeah. We're all like, oh, <laughs> darn. You so know. sad. Uh, so we'll so have sad. to give it another coat. Well, I think it's time for <laughs> Sippy Sounds. Excuse me. Burning in the throats. Yeah. And <clears> throat> Smooth. Children, this is why you should not do the things that we do on the yeah. show. <laughs>
0: yes. Don't sip your gin in that manner. <laughs> well, we had a lot of fun during that break, but <laughs> nobody's going to hear that because <laughs> we were recording. That's a great, great story, Dave. We'll repeat it later. No, <laughs> oh, let's let, let people just wonder, what what could it be? Well, now... I think it's dying. Oh. It's time for letters. How do you know?
1: From the music. What makes you think this is letters? It's a typewriter.
0: Yes, it is. And
1: nobody knows that anymore. Oh, yeah,
0: it's really, a, it's a dying. This is, is a sound is effect. A People are going to listen to this. Texting. What's is there
1: a sound of texting? Yeah, here it is. Um, how about we play that song about texting? There's a popular song. It was satirical about texting, kind of like Valley Girls. Really? There is? Yep. We'll find it in a break and we'll just cram it in the show or All I'll edit right. myself yep. when I edit. Okay. Because <clears throat> you can't stop me then, Jeffrey. No,
0: I can't. You can do whatever you want. When, when Dave starts editing, there's no stopping
1: him. <laughs> Although I have avoided too many sound effects i hope everyone's appreciated that some do some don't hard for me well i'd like to remind you that the show is brought to you by generous donations from listeners like ian and neil thank you
0: very very much gentlemen very very nice donations from them this week we appreciate it very much
1: we will continue Yes, and a special thanks to everyone who has had bought a T-shirt over the course of the yes. sale, and playing cards, which we didn't—I don't think we ever named everybody off—but that is also a donation. That—that's a donation. That's and, supporting the show monetarily. Yes, and to those of you who still need to buy that T-shirt, yeah, that is we now won't mandatory. thank you yet.
0: thank—we're holding the thank you until you actually make that purchase, right?
1: And you know who you are. Do you remember what our contest is that we always forget to promote? Of course I do. What is it? the most interesting ah, asl man you are correct yeah. and do we have any do we we've, we've got we've a couple we've gotten of... one okay from the same person okay well, it would be Two nice to hear from, from the, the same people, person. person sorry
0: but we know there's a silent uh majority probably out there and you know it's amazing once a week maybe once every other week somebody oh, yeah. will write to us that we've never heard from before that says hey we're out here we're listening thank you for doing the show and those are really gratifying. In fact, we'll, nice to know that. In fact, I think we'll there. read one or two of those tonight. We probably perhaps. will. Perhaps. Here's a email from Dan Dolan, who writes, gentlemen, I was listening to your latest show and heard your request for an interview. I'd be honored to join the list of luminaries that have graced your podcast. Let me know when you'd like to do it. I shall endeavor to sustain the levels of excellence for which your efforts are known. And we are
1: going to email that? him tonight. Okay. And we might have read that before, but Anyway, I think the point is we want to remind everyone, if we're interviewing the whole ASL community and Jeff and I don't have their phone numbers or email addresses, we need your help in getting them in contact with us. We're That's right. We're talking McNamara, Kibler, Yaus. Yep. Or do you say Yuse? I say Yaus. And we're saying, hey, let's get it off for the record. Yeah. And going let's way back, all. too.
0: Yeah. All right. And if they've given you those that information, you know, and, well, and with expectations them. that you will keep it private, oh. you can just throw that to the wind. <laughs> cause we'll just say we hacked into your email and got it that
1: way. No, we understand if some people We've don't hired wanna. some guys in China. <laughs> oh,
0: wait a minute. Am I stereotyping?
1: Oh, uh, yes. Okay. It's good to know. So we've hired some Chinese guys. Snowden. Yeah. Yeah, why do not you pick the American uh, intelligence community? No, it's Chinese guys. Well, I have a letter from MathMagician91, otherwise known as Sam. He says, first off, thanks for your podcast. I honestly say you are one of the main reasons I now play ASL. Listen to that, MMP. One of the reasons, main, I now play ASL. Yes. I've listened to many of your podcasts, but cannot recall any time you've discussed your personal storage methods. We have. And I meant to look up the episode number for this one, but... We forgot. Had, yeah, I was pers- too lazy to
0: know. Yeah, personal storage. I keep underwear and socks in the top drawer, <laughs> and then, and in the in the bathroom, the toothpaste is on the right, and the
1: shaving <laughs> stuff is on the left. And mine's reversed. Really? Yes. That However, would, that would explain it. Part of the concepts were, of course, all the various planos. Um, yeah, and um, we have photos on the website of my storage method that we put up because like, I think I did like a. Third of an episode by myself talking about it. Okay. To get to this. That's question. why I don't remember that. Yeah, but and yeah. we tacked it onto a show. But they are on the uh, photo stream. Yes. So it's on our Flickr account, and you can and Google it
0: up. Yeah. And you can find so many different methods that. And that's the thing. There are many different methods, and I wouldn't say there are. There's a right or a wrong one, and because, in my many years of playing. I have looked at people's different storage methods and asked them about their rationale for doing it that way. And they all have a rationale for doing it that way. But make up your own way. What what difference does it make? As long as you know where this stuff is.
1: Yeah. You know, what, what difference does Feel it make? Feel free to go your own go way. Go your own way. And he does mention um, the scenarios, which simply the three-ring binder with the plastic. Page protectors is mine, yeah, Jeff. You just keep them stacked in a box. Or? No, I keep them in a binder as well. With, okay, with the page protectors, and we didn't do that much. And and the maps, well, I kept keep them in my boxes. Like so, you open my coat of bushido, and there's yeah. maps in there, stacked the old hard ones, hard copies, and my thinner ones. Of course, you get a lot of thin ones into an ASL box, so it's a great use for your boxes. And I stack them all flat so they don't bend or warp from being upright. Oh, do they warp? Uh, my, all mine are upright. <laughs> well, yours are tightly packed in. Now there. Now I've got to turn them. Oh yeah, Jeff just has them all on this shelf. They look really cool. They're between the, my shaving kit and my uh, <laughs> and the toothpaste. You can see the spines of them all. They're the hard ones, right? And you got some thin yeah. ones on the right. Now, last week,
0: in 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 an effort to uh, do something really useful, I turned them all up on their ends,
1: like vertically so up and
0: vertically up, so they weren't so deep on the shelf yeah and uh it didn't take long to do but i look i stepped back and look at it and thought why did i do that not pretty it's not pretty this is this is pretty yeah this is nice i can see rivers we'll get a and of that. all kinds of stuff yeah
1: put it up with those with those taking counters one, we've promised multiple taking times one right
0: now dave here we go i could have done this later but
1: yep all right uh, we'll try and put that okay. up with the yeah. show um so yeah it's it's open just keep them safe Keep them, Oh, keep them up high off the ground for flooding. And if you're living in the Philippines, Very high off cover them the in plastic, remember? Yeah. Oh, so. right.
0: That's right. Um, and if you're living in Hawaii, cover them in asbestos.
1: Oh, because of volcanoes? There's
0: volcanoes going on there right now. Really amazing to see.
1: Along those lines, how do you transport your equipment to tournaments and such? Most people pick what they need. We haven't really ever talked about that. No. Pick what you need Yeah. just for that if you pre-planned your scenarios and take just that with you. Otherwise, if you're playing open gaming, um, the thin boards are the way to go. They're very light. There's so many boards now. Yeah. Heavy. Yeah. I tend to go into a house. I have a large old sewing machine that I can put my rule book in my, some scenarios I'm sorry, you keep them in your sewing Old machine? Oh, sewing machine bag. Oh, sewing sorry. machine bag, okay. <laughs> sorry. From my grandmother, and it zips up and over, and I can fit. It's just what I found over the years that fits my box that has all my information counters, my dice, my OBA cards with us on them, and that kind of sticky tack thread. It's all in this box. That slides in. I slide in my rule books and stick my scenario in there. And I often put a, a Diet Coke or a brew in there on the sides and then zip that up. And then I put all my other counter um, gaming pieces, counters, infantry vehicles, flat into a shopping bag like the new fabric ones. Dominic's, a well, lot of business now, but Walmart. You know, was, <laughs> you can't use a Dominic's bag anymore. They're out of business. They're out of business yeah. now. Yep. You know what I mean? Those, um, they got handles or fabric. You use them to get groceries. Yes. Right. The counter trays that I have that my size fits perfectly in there, and I got those at the Hobby Lobby for yes. bead storage. Bead storage. Yeah. Real cheap. You don't have to get the expensive plano, but you can. So anyway, that's finding a container that fits, and I stack in my pieces i need the different nationalities for the night and i go over to someone's house and then back again or to a tournament this is a segment that's that, that helpful
0: that it's amazing to me that we can talk so long about something like how do you how do you carry your pieces <laughs> and, to a tournament and you don't travel with your junk i i do but not with my sell <laughs> stuff
1: <laughs> finally and here's my junk everywhere finally and here's wait a Sam, minute Here's what Sam wants to get. Up okay, to. there's more. Put out a call for players for a game in mid South Nebraska. Oh, okay, near Hebron. Looking for an opponent. Okay, Hebron, Hebron, Nebraska. Uh, listen, yeah, listen, Listeners. listen
0: up, Nebraska. Or if you, if you are in Nebraska or know somebody that's in Nebraska, South. What does he call it? South Southern. South, get it done. Mid South. Mid South. And I wonder. You know, we're so lucky because we live in the Chicago area and. There are just many, many, many players within 20 miles. Yep. I mean, even that's going a long yeah, way. Yeah, you don't have time for them all. Yeah. And for places like Nebraska, Hebron, Nebraska, I mean, what if the next guy is 100 miles away? Nebraska's a big, sprawling—well, Illinois you, is a big state. you got to drive. You, you both have to drive, drive an hour. Yeah. So I guess you got to know how to transfer your stuff. Yes. Yeah. Carefully. Yeah, I, I don't know how the guys do it that come from overseas. I guess they just if you just bungee everything tightly, it doesn't uh, go flying all around. I'm always worried that the counters are going to are going to escape from the from the little slots that they're in in the in the plano boxes into the next adjoining bin. Yeah. You know, if you're not yeah, careful, yeah, you they get in careful. there and they mingle. You don't want them mingling like that. Everything needs to be segregated. Here's an email from Russell DeWurst. Dear Half Squads, What a wonderful podcast you make. When I see a new episode appear in my feed, it's the highlight of my day. That's a sad statement. Uh, I have a question. Do you think it's worth replaying scenarios? I'm still relatively new, been playing for a couple of years, and only twice have replayed a scenario. I often think it would be nice to, but then there are so very many unplayed scenarios to get through. True. Thanks for all the good work. Never stop. Do you like to replay scenarios, Dave? Uh, would you, I mean, do you like
1: to? I'd, I'd, I'd like to more. You would like to do it more. But I am a bit obsessive, as you know, with, as we mentioned before, getting through a series. Yes. Or a set. Yeah. But replay is totally fine and, and, and advisable in a lot of ways. I think you can learn more trying a different strategy on yeah. the same game.
0: You know, I talked to Rich the other day, Rich, our friend Rich Spilkey, who was at Eslock for... I think 5 days or something like that. And one of the things that he was really looking forward to, he was so excited because he was going to be replaying the this scenario. I had mentioned it before. It's the castle. It's it's a French castle, I think, that's being defended with the big building for, in the middle of the yes. orchards. Yep. I can't remember the name of the scenario. Yeah, uh, I, yep, I know what you're talking about. He's played it like eight times or nine times. He's never won as the Germans and he just wants to win as the Germans. He played against me and Yeah. And, we did talk about that yep, in the air. Yep. And he was so excited to play his friend and he lost again. Lost as the Germans and he said I said, So wow. when are you next gonna play? And he said, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it anymore. So, but, you know, but he's enjoyed it seven times and probably eight times. He probably enjoyed this last one. Yeah. But, you know, there's some scenarios where you just want to try different things each time. Each time you play, you get you get the little different idea. I would say those are the best scenarios. The scenarios that are not that good is there's only one way to play. Correct. Only one way to play, only one way to win. It's kind of like, eh. Yeah, I mean, still fun, but obviously you can't go back to it and and doesn't stick in your mind maybe as much.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of truth to that. Or, of course, the unbalanced ones where you really just get wiped out and, and everyone yes. knows it wasn't the dice. You know? Right. And you check Roar and then you find out, well, that's true. <laughs> it's really hard to win with one side. Yeah. So that's it for letters, I think. No, or, I have one from oh, you've Dan Kim. Oh, you do? Yeah. Let's hear it. He says... uh, Bring it on. I would love to begin this... Oh, I would like to begin this with an apology. I apologize for not saying thank you for reading my email in episode 120. We don't apologize in advance. That was the title. (laughs) Or we apologize in advance. (laughs) I listened to the episode back in July and was quite pleased to hear it. And... Just to give you an update, since I've been catching up by listening to all of your earlier podcasts, while at the same time listening to new ones as they're released, I'm up to 76. Line of Sight Insight. And I mentioned in one of my previous emails, I'd like to try start Kit 1, but have decided to skip that and dive straight into ASL and Beyond Valor. <gasps> Full ASL. Good boy. I have yet to purchase these, but in due time, ah, I will. Okay. This may be the ultimate compliment about the two half squads. You have someone who has yet to purchase an ASL product, listening to your podcast about ASL, because you make it so interesting. Thank you, Dan. And I would read this one line again. I am going to dive straight into ASL and Beyond Valor, and he's going to purchase MMP product. So thank you, Dan. I think that's very nice and and a good plan.
0: Nothing wrong with the starter kits, of course. Nothing at all wrong with the starter kits. We love the starter kits, don't we, Dave? Yes. Here's an email from Pierce Ostrander. Who writes, Hi Jeff and Dave, many episodes ago you bemoaned the lack of information about West Coast ASL groups. One of the most dymanic, dynamic groups in the country is run out of Southern California. Last month they had a field trip. I think it was 30 guys or more who went to a marine base and toured their historical vehicle display. Below is an e- a recent email I received regarding an upcoming event. These guys really know how to fun. Roll low. And then, uh, so he he sent us this email from the Southern California ASL group. Greeting ASL fans, as I previously announced, the seventh annual Burning Wreck Barbecue is scheduled for November twenty second. That's coming right up on us, Dave. It is. If we if we get on our uh, twenty mule team, we could uh, <laughs> head travel out there. And we could damn. probably be there in time. At Stance Nixon's house in Long Beach, the cost is going to be ten dollars a person. Well, that's cheap. Dave, we should Can't go. Can't beat that. Yeah, and that includes dinner. Our format is going to be different from recent years. This year's we're, this year we're going to select one scenario and everyone is going to play that one scenario. When you arrive, you'll be randomly paired with another player. Each of you will receive one raffle ticket. If you win your scenario, you will receive a second raffle ticket. When all the games have been have cleared, and since we're playing the same okay. scenario, they should all be about the same time. We're going to start uh, drawing raffle tickets for prizes. Our prize pool will be funded by the ten dollars admission, so we should have two hundred dollars or more worth of goodies to give away. That's a very interesting way to do a little. that is fun uh, afternoons of. Do we have any contact
1: ASL. information on that?
0: Uh, it's Jim. Yeah, Jim, <laughs> it's the SoCal. Uh, it's the SoCal ASL. Yahoo group. Okay, if you want to know more about that, and we can put that link in the show notes. Uh, but I think I think that's super. And you know, we've had a couple of people uh, contact us from the Southern California ASL group. Dennis Donovan, I know he's. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. And Kowinki uh, Dinkley, I was just kind of browsing around on the internet, and I found a on the ASL dot net site seven or eight issues of the southern asl newsletter oh in pdf which is quite interesting oh. to read so i'll add that to the show notes as well okay if you want to go and look at some of that stuff it was well done i think they stopped doing it maybe seven or eight years ago you know it ran for a while and then people lose interest and run onto other things and get busy and whatnot so correct but uh got some good issues out there excellent fun to peruse. I've perused about three of them. So that wraps it up with letters. Thank you, everybody, for writing. And now we're going to do a little What Have You Been Playing Lately? What have you been playing lately? What have you been playing lately? And Dave, have you been playing anything lately? No. All right, then. We'll get right on to what I've been playing lately.
1: (laughs) And guess what I've been playing lately? Well, you're doing a huge campaign game for Tarwa. You have yeah, prepared huge, and Rich is prepared. I helped you prepare. Yes, and then you I did. felt bad that I quit on you guys, but you all were good about it. Yeah, and it did. But hey, we did like two or three games or sessions together with me to get that going and to get it played. We, yes, we met a couple times, so that yeah. was at least good. Hopefully, worth your while. And now you have the big, huge game. The big, huge four campaign player. Game. I'm out, and the other, and so is Mike. And it's you, and it's two other Goldman players and Sutter guy, or yeah. I don't know if they want their
0: names on there, but... This is two other guys. Yeah. So there's two guys playing Rich and I. And as we have mentioned, ad nauseum. Rich has put a huge amount of effort into this till, since this idea. Amazing since charts. I put this idea into his head. It's like I've created Frankenstein's hey, monster. And it, yeah, well, then you got but. us to do a couple episodes, two of it already. Oh, Yeah. And and Rich has gone through the player's guide and all of the Tarot rules, and he's created a magnificent set of charts, which I, I'm going to post the, the updated ones all right. now. And just an amazing amount of work preparing. So we found two other guys, experienced ASL players, that wanted to play with us. And so they agreed to take the Japanese side, and Rich and I were going to take the Marine side. And it was a week ago that we went over to one of the players' homes and... Actually got started with it. So we cool. we walked in. It was very exciting to be there and finally get started on this. Went right upstairs. They had everything set up already. Their Japanese setup was done already. Rich and I, as part of that, the pre-turn one phase involves a bombardment, naval bombardment. Noba. So there are four modules of OBA that come in during this pre-game phase and uh it it actually worked out very well for us we we bombed everything very accurately and our there was like no drift i was rolling like rich gave me the dice and said roll the dice so i did and i got to tell you what happened dave
1: did a lot of good damage getting ready for turn 1
0: Then things started to get a little
1: sad. No. Well, only cardboard sad. They're only cardboard, they're not real people. There's quite a bit of dice
0: rolling going on when you do these bombardments because they are two hexes in diameter, three hexes in diameter. There's a lot of hexes to be rolling, but I could not be stopped. I rolled against their units in pillboxes, killed the pillboxes. What? Usually it bounces off. I rolled against their units in trenches where they had their oh, guns in oh, place. Maybe got We them. were really worried about these yeah. couple guns. Striped them to red side? Destroyed them completely. Gone. Then we, uh, we're we rolling against the seawall as the bombardment landed against the seawall. Yeah, wall. you want to break it down so you can get in there. Then if you roll a certain number, you get a Breach. And then you have to decide which, if there's two hexes, two hex sides that are on seawall, oh, you get which to one random selection. Yeah, well, I breached both hex sides. Oh, this isn't sad, this is joyous. Oh, it was, it was, well, we were happy, the other guys weren't looking too good. We rolled through the whole thing, and their defense was obliterated. Well, not entirely obliterated, but everywhere we dropped OBA. They suffered great casualties. They made a couple mistakes. They put units inside wooden buildings, and if you blow up a wooden building, then all the occupants are wiped out. Yes. Removed from the board.
1: How come this didn't happen when Mike and I kept trying to things? I don't
0: know. But so we finished the OBA. And ready to start turn one of a 43 turn game. We said to them, "Let's okay. We're we're ready to go now. We'll and we were going to leave then and and set up properly, set up our defense." But they or said, "Attacked coming on all the boats." They yes, and they looked at the board and they looked at us and they said, "We concede." <laughs> this was like an hour, an hour and a half no. into turn one of a forty-eight
1: turn game. Now. I am actually genuinely laughing, although Jeff sent me an email. Yeah. So I thought, well, it's a fake laugh. I'll just tell the listeners. But I am laughing because I never heard it in such detail. He sent me an email at work. Well, I checked my private email at work. And it said, you'll never guess. Or something like this. What happened in our game? They quit after the pre-game bombardment. And then... I started laughing like, oh, he's joking. He's kind of making fun of me for quitting after two or three sessions of gaming when my Marines were getting vapoed coming in the water on the beach. <laughs> so I email, emailed back, oh, that's a funny one. That's yeah. good. That's funny. <laughs> I I had a feeling wow. you weren't going to believe me. I Oh, no, I didn't believe you at yeah. all. Yeah. Wow. You actually
0: blew up bunkers and pillboxes? Well, I think there was one, yeah they suffered some casualties in there and uh but blowing well, blowing blowing uh uh breaches in the seawall was major for them and taking out one of their big guns that was a major concern for us because we were planning on bringing tanks on in that that uh particular
1: beach landing yeah but there's so many like with our game too there's so many reinforcements and things yeah. our game had a point cap limit which we were well over halfway to meeting and the forces already on the island were being wiped out so it seemed like bringing on more of them through the ocean was just going to be hitting that yeah. casualty cap especially after i rolled all those 11s and 12s and yeah. 10s in a row yeah. and over and over and over but i don't know so you think they could have won if they just held on
0: i don't think so i mean they they looked at it and they said we concede and we said really um you don't want to they said no we can't your bombardment was devastating our they had, admittedly our defense May have not been great because we left some things out and we put
1: too much uh, infa- in one spot infantry
0: or, inside of wooden buildings, which, which we shouldn't dumb. have done, and you know things like that. And and so we said, well, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to reset, start over? Yeah. Should we Should we reset? Somebody said, how about if we reset and we be- because you know what our attack is going to kind of be now, yeah, uh, because we told them. How about if you, you know, and then you give us a little something to, to balance it. And they said, no, we don't want to do that. And I said, how about we just reset it? You reset your defense, we'll reset our offense, and yeah. we'll play. and go. And they were like, no, don't really think we want to do that. And so we put everything away. <laughs> I mean, 500 counters. We put it all away. 500. Part, back in the box, whatever. And... uh Ariva as they say in Japan. Well,
1: chalk one up for you guys. Yeah.
0: So Do you remember my I st- won
1: Tarawa? My st- I guess. <laughs> my story with uh Mr. Chris Walters when he came on first thing, he brought in like a squad and a ten egg two liter and they started coming across the open to get to a building. He had to come across the open. And yeah. So I did a super long range shot with like my machine gun at half or whatever and rolled snakes and of course he Lost his leader and and the squad. And he goes, Okay, you win that one, start again. Yeah. <laughs> and he moved it right back and started moving again. And this time I rolled like an eight and he got on board. And, ah, okay. And then we played it all the way through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just said <laughs> Well reset, take the victory. <laughs> the
0: the whole thing was really almost surreal. I still can't even believe it because of all the preparation. They went through all the trouble to do to plan all this, yeah. set it all up, learn the rules. Um, it didn't start out well, and they put it away. And I'm wondering if there was some of that feeling like, wow, this is bigger than we thought. This is going to take longer than we thought. We're going to be tied up with this for 14 weekends, maybe oh, more. easily. 20 weekends. And uh, it, maybe they just weren't enthusiastic about yeah, continuing. Yeah, and that's campaign it, game three. Yes, that's right? the
1: big one. The big one. The big one. Yeah, I'd recommend smaller ones to start. But that's me. Yeah, so
0: we're talking to two other people that might be interested in playing, and we'll see what happens.
1: So there we go. That's what I've been playing lately. Or we'll have to make room for you back in our plan to get to uh... Valor of the Guards. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. we'll see. We'll see. We kind of replaced you already. (laughs) Oh, did you? Well, it's okay (laughs) because... we have four. I think the six might work, so... Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, good story, Jeff. Thank you. Yeah.
0: So now we've got an interview with uh, Ken Knott. Oh, and this is something we, you did with yes, Ken. Yes,
1: I did. And I'm looking forward to hearing
0: that. I had uh, some interest in learning from him about playing by email. Oh, it's Playing not ASL Vassal? by email. Well, it is Vassal. Yes. Playing by email with Vassal. So we had a nice, very nice conversation. I think you'll all will enjoy it. Here it goes. Uh, me and Ken Knott talking a bit. Excellent.
2: Hello again.
0: Hello. That was a successful sound check.
2: Fantastic.
0: Yeah, I well, at least I, I sounded great. You sounded horrible.
2: <laughs> That's not surprising <laughs> me. I'm definitely one of those people who can't stand the sound of his own voice.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't really like it either. When I listen back to the show, it's it I kinda of put my head in my hands. Dave listens to himself all the time. I don't know <laughs> what that means, but there right. you go. Know. So, tonight, uh, it's just you and me, Ken. And uh, just to introduce everybody to you, ladies and gentlemen, ASL fans, I'm talking to Ken, not tonight. And, Ken, where are you
2: located? I am in Blacksburg, Virginia, home of the Hokies.
0: Are we supposed to know who the Hokies are?
2: Well, any respectable college football fan ah. would know. Okay, that, that, that would explain it. To, that we used to be good.
0: I am neither respectable nor a college football fan, so
2: <laughs> struck out on both. This is not our year, though.
0: Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Are, are you suffering?
2: Yeah, I've, I've been able to go to more games than ever before, so yes, you could say I'm suffering.
0: Yeah, yeah. And is that a, a, a team that's near and dear to your heart because it's your alma mater or for some other reason?
2: I went to school there and I work there. Oh, okay. Oh, you work there now?
0: Yeah. And what do you do there?
2: I'm a chemist. I work with uh, NMRs, which are similar to uh, an MRI, which I'm sure we're all familiar with, but an NMR is the same idea, except it looks at individual small molecules instead of whole people.
0: Oh, wow. That sounds like science.
2: Yes. It's a which bit I like, love. That's great. When other people use it, it's more like science.
0: Yeah. And what? how's your involvement in that? What do you What do you do exactly? As a chemist, I would I yeah. would think a nuclear engineer, but a chemist?
2: Yeah, we use it to, uh, you know, identify molecules and to characterize things that we've made. And, you know, mo- it's mostly synthetic or an, a synthetic tool or an analytical tool. So we use it to characterize things or assist us in the making, you know, pharmaceuticals or something like that.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. And you you like that work?
2: Yeah, that way you people tend to trust us more than if they just have to take our word for it.
0: Yeah. I gotcha. So, right. And, um, and on top of that, like your brain doesn't do enough doing that. You also play ASL.
2: Yeah. ASL brings me back to ground.
0: Yeah. And how long have you been playing and how'd you get started in ASL?
2: I started in high school many, many years ago. And I don't know the, the you know, when it came out. Uh, but I didn't really have a lot of players. I, I don't know. I might have played maybe 20 games back then. I went to college. I uh, couldn't find many opponents. I did try one uh, play-by-email game in the old way where it was literally via email. And uh, that was verse, versus Kurt Chilling. Wow. In a scenario of uh, Red Barricades. And he thoroughly trounced me. And uh, shortly after that, I sold everything for a bargain basement price, not realizing what it was all worth.
0: I would have done that, too, after, uh, well, I should have done that years ago, after my first thorough trouncing. Right.
2: Well, I just wasn't finding anyone to plan. I guess, like yeah. everybody, I thought it was uh, the time to sell, and then, you know, of course now, about a year and a half ago, I got back into it, and I've slowly been accumulating everything again, and mainly due to and play-by-email the modern modern way. I've been able to play almost 80 games in about a year and a half.
0: Oh, that's great.
2: And uh, I think I've won maybe 16 of them.
0: That's not so great, but it's <laughs> all, really, it's it's doesn't matter if you win or lose. It's if you have fun.
2: Oh, yeah, having a great time. I managed to get to a few tournaments and... Uh, Played respectably, met a lot of good people, so definitely enjoying the hobby.
0: Well, I appreciate you joining me tonight to talk about play by email, and you've already mentioned it a couple of times. So, and it's interesting because I've I've heard of play by email even way way back in the late seventies when I was when I first played the few hex based war games in those days, and I heard of play by mail. Uh huh. And. I mean I just couldn't even imagine how that could be accomplished it just but I've also heard of chess by mail and it just seems so bizarre to me I don't know how it's actually done I mean do you and you're going to help explain that to me because um not only to enlighten me but other players might get inspired by what you're going to tell us and and get to play more
2: Oh yeah, well, it's no question that it is the gateway to more ASL if you can handle the pace. And I think the issue that a lot of people have is is that it you know it's definitely slower than face to face or playing live through Vassal, which is almost like face to face. But you're able to play a number of games, that, you know, kind of basically play them at once. And uh, you just have to be okay with it It might take a month or two for you to finish a game. Um, And people get through that basically by playing a lot of games. So, like, there's some people who have 10 to 12 games going. Uh, They may not get turns back every day from everybody, but they've got a few turns from a few different games. And, um, you know, I have six going right now, which has turned out to be too many because they're all active players. And... um, you know, but it all kind of depends on who you're playing and how quickly they're getting turns back to you and how bad your, bad your itch is. Right. So. so
0: going going back, did you play some, you did play some by snail mail, by U.S. mail back in the old days?
2: Not actually by snail mail, but by okay. actual uh, email and that okay. you had to write the moves down in an email. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, Vassal enables you to log it, so you just essentially move the pieces, and it it creates a track for you. And you know you may have to write some commentary in there, like what you're doing exactly. But Vassal really facilitates it, makes it a lot easier. It Also enables you to do it without having the pieces out or the boards out, uh, right. and things like that.
0: Yeah, actually, as you were saying, people play might have ten games going, I was thinking, wow, they must have quite a setup in the basement and no cats.
2: <laughs> right, yes. My cat would never put up with it.
0: Yeah, but in Vassal, you don't need to do that. Well, we'll come back to that, but getting getting back to the old way, which you you haven't played, but even that, I I guess it's it's not so bad because in most games, when you move a piece, you move it from its starting point to its end point. Right. And that's it. Unlike ASL, where every hex you go through is a possibility for defensive fire or for something to happen. So I guess in a way I could see how it was done with mail, even Mm -hmm. though it still seems horribly, horribly slow. So um, that basic functionality transfers over into playing by email. Mm -hmm. And if you were to play ASL by email, how do you do it with the every hex being a possibility for defensive fire or some, some other action going on?
2: Well, you, uh, you move in, you know, in discrete chunks. So basically it's a little slower at the beginning when you're kind of probing a defense and you don't know where things are. Uh, so you may only send a few moves. You may only move one squad or two squads or three squads. And then you stop and say, Send it back to me, um, you know, if you've done anything or, you know, if you've taken a shot or if there's been a residual laid or if you've revealed a hip unit or something like that. But as the game matures and you kind of know where everything is, and um, then it moves a lot more quickly because you can, you don't have to guess whether you're going to be shot at. A lot of times you know, if I move here, he's going to take a shot at me, but I've got to. You know, I've got to take that move anyways. So the game speeds up as the as essentially the game matures through the turns, but it is a little slow at the beginning. But you just send a little bit at a time, um, and then you know he may interrupt your move to say, "I'm going to shoot at this at this squad when he moves here." Your opponent will resolve the shot. And then continue as far as you 've told them to, given certain conditions, so you may say, if you wipe the squad out, send it back to me, otherwise, continue
0: okay, so <clears throat> let me let me see if I get this you let's let 's just work with two squads on the board uh-huh. your squad and his squad, and talk to me like you 'll have to explain this to me like i 'm dumb because and most people tell me that. <laughs> You've just got two squads. You got the right. enemy and yourself. Okay. And you're you want to go, let's say, four hexes. Three of those hexes are within enemy line of sight. Maybe one's in a building, one's doing bypass along a woods, and one's in open ground or mm-hmm. whatever. Or there's a foxhole where you want to go. Do you do you say I want to move this first hex and you write him, I'm moving my squad to this first hex? and wait to see if he
2: fires? No, no, no. You write the whole move out. The whole move. So I would say, okay. uh, you know, on Vassal, I'm just going to move the piece and say uh, that's two moving points. Say I moved into Woods. And then I move it Bypass. So I say that's three moving points. And then I move it into uh, a Orchard. That's four moving points. And so I declare my moving point at each step. And upon that declaration of a movement point, he can stop it and fire if he wants to. So as he sort of clicks through your log, um, he can interrupt it and then say, you know, at this movement point, I'm now firing. I have four firepower and you're in the open, so it's a four minus two shot. He rolls and he says, okay, I got a six. That's going to be a four and a four, a one morale check. He'll resolve it. And then, depending on whether or not you survive the shot, he'll either, you know, con- he'll just continue. Mm-hmm. Um, if you break or you're, you know, or even worse, you know, he'll still continue to your next unit until either your log ends because you want to evaluate what happened or something might happen that you, you know, usually you have rules like if you reveal a hip unit, uh, send it back to me immediately because that will usually change your plan of action. But otherwise, you just continue through the log, um, you know, as, as far as you're willing to go. Okay. Hmm. So
0: you're, he
2: kind of gets to see
0: what you were going to do.
2: No, you're not supposed to place ah. the log. Okay. Uh, because it's not like an email where it's already listed. It's literally you, you're you clicking a play button.
0: Okay, and it's going through... Line each, by line. E- line by line. Okay, so when you take that first, you click, it takes that first move. You decide whether you're going to shoot or not. If you shoot him and break him, you don't continue clicking through the log to see what else would have had, what he was going to do.
2: Well, usually that- you don't stop on a break. Usually you stop either... Um, only when sort of you're you're given a specific condition, because like when you play face to face, just because your squad broke, you're often going to make the same move you would have anyways. Mm-hmm. It's only in the you know in the early stages of that game where you're kind of probing a defense, where those first moves are going to affect, or those first defensive fire shots are going to affect your later moves. So like I said, early in the game, you may send what they call short impulses, which are like chunks of the movement phase. Uh, But later on, a lot of times, you send the entire movement phase because you kind of know what's going to happen to a degree. Mm -hmm. And you become more comfortable with it as you play more play by email.
0: Yeah, I can imagine that that's the case. It seems more, it starts to seem more natural. It seems very unnatural to me at the moment. Um, especially if, well, the way I play a lot of times is I'm going to move this squad, and if they make it to the destination, hex, great. If they don't, I'm going to move this other squad in there. Uh-huh. You can't really do that in play by email? Because well, you, you have case. to wait for the, you got you've got to know the outcome before you start moving that second unit.
2: You don't need to know the outcome as much as you know, as many times as you think you do.
0: Mm, Okay. You
2: know, there are definitely times when I'm like, the move of this unit is going to completely depend on the one before it. In that case, I would have ended the log after that move, and I would send it back to me, and then I'll continue depending on what happened there.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, Or a lot of times you'll say, if he made it there, continue the log. If he didn't, send it back. You know, so you, you... Effort. you have to make efforts to speed things up by you know including more of the log given conditions yeah um, but when you, when you think about when you play face to face even you know maybe a few percent or five percent or ten percent, do you actually need to know what happened to you know to make other moves it's not as often as you think. Hmm.
0: Yeah, that's what's, that's where I'm getting uh, held up is I think it's very often, but next time I play, I'm going to, I'm going to really try to pay attention to that and see. And I, I guess I could see where. You know, if you have a broad front, certainly units down on the other end of the line can, can move independently, regardless of what happens to any other unit. So I suppose it moves along that way. So are there certain scenarios that don't lend themselves to play by mail, whereas others do uh, for some reason?
2: When you're new, it, it takes. It's good to start with smaller ones to get comfortable with it. But people who have been playing Vassal uh, or play by email uh, play campaign games on wow. it, and uh, you know they can play through a campaign game. Obviously, not as fast as they can when they're sitting in front of a board. But when you think about it, you can get together, play by email every night. Or sometimes several times during the day because you're just sending up little chunks at a time. Mm-hmm. How long does it take you to get together with your friends, especially if you're playing like uh, you know, a really big campaign game? It's an effort to get together for several hours. It is. So if you think about it, if you could have done that through email, you may have played almost as fast because you play a little bit every day.
0: Yeah. Well, that sometimes makes sense. if you've got an
2: afternoon off and it turns out that your opponent has the afternoon off, you start pinging emails back and forth and you get through two turns in an afternoon just like you would if you were sitting face-to-face. Uh, other times you sit by the computer twiddling your thumb while your opponent's off camping. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he would have sent you a little notification ahead of time.
2: Us uh, Sometimes.
0: Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And he, well, this makes me think that you check your email a lot. <laughs> You've got six games going. How many times a day are you checking your email?
2: Well, I live in the modern era with a smartphone. It's checking I it know. for me all the time. It sends me a little electrical jolt every time I get a turn.
0: <laughs> I hope you don't leave it on when you're in the car. <laughs> right. Of course not. Yeah, of course not. No, so, but seriously... Um, I, I can imagine there's just a lot of email going back and forth.
2: I mean, you know, I've got six games, and if at, at most the only ones there's there's six of them waiting on me if I'm if they all send a turn and I don't get around to playing,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then they're just waiting for me to send a turn back or you know a, a chunk of a turn. Right. Um, so generally, the way the the sequence works is uh, you know you start. In your, you do your rally phase moves, you do your prep phase moves, you do as much of your movement phase as you want to. That may take uh, so that's one big email, or you know, may not even be big. But then your next few emails are just little chunks of the movement phase to which he responds with his you know shots or whatever. Then once the movement phase is done, he sends the entire defensive fire phase back to you, and then you send The advancing fire phase, your routes, and essentially you leave a little break for him to respond with his routes. You don't wait for him to uh, reply with his routes because your routes don't depend on his routes. Uh, Also, your advances don't really depend on his routes because you know like if there's someone broken where you're going to advance, you know he has to route away. So you don't have to wait for him to respond to that. Right. So, you jump, you go right from the advancing fire phase through the route phase, through the close combat phase. You just uh, resolve everything when it's your half of the turn. And then you go straight into the rally phase of the next turn. You basically leave a break for him to do his rallies, and then you include your rally actions. Hmm. So, you can do much more. The only part of it that's really kind of slowed down is that, you know, moving phase defensive. Fire reactions, but as you get more comfortable with it and play more games, it, it's really not that much of a hindrance.
0: Yeah, and like you say, you're, you do you do all of this play using Vassal, is that right?
2: Oh yes, it's oh. You know, Vassal. I mean, I don't know if you guys have had much experience even doing it live, but uh, Vassal is a godsend.
0: I hear great things about it, and. You know, being a computer technician, I love everything about computers. You'd think I would be all over it, and I have installed it, and I do admire the technology behind it, especially now with the modern ASL boards, which do line-of-sight checks and things like that for you, which is just amazing. But I've never played with it. So um, how how long have you been playing with Vassal?
2: When I got back into it, Maybe uh, April of last year, it's been almost entirely Vassal. Okay. And was
0: that one of the reasons why you got back into it? Was because of the availability? Yeah.
2: There are two main reasons I got back into ASL. One is Vassal. Mm -hmm. But by far the bigger reason was the two half-squads. Oh. And and the addiction they brewed within me.
0: (laughs) Well, that's very flattering. And uh, I'd like to apologize on behalf of Dave and myself.
2: You only have to apologize for a few episodes. Dave has to apologize for most of them.
0: <laughs> he does have a certain uh, je ne sais quoi.
2: <laughs> no, you guys are great.
0: Uh, <laughs> well, thanks but, very much. But see no, um,
2: okay, I'm sorry? See,
0: yeah, were you familiar with Vassal? um before that, before your rekindling of ASL, because Vassal's available through with to play other games besides ASL.
2: Oh, I I have played it with other games, uh, just really one, but um, ASL is kind of where I discovered it. But I discovered it a few years ago. It was a little more immature in its development at that time, and mm-hmm. I did I did try to get back into it. Um, I don't know, maybe four years ago, and I played a game or two, but, um, it, I don't know, it wasn't the right time or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, so ASL is really my main experience with Vassal.
0: Yeah. Now, I don't know how familiar, but, well, just help me take listeners through the technology of Vassal a little bit. So what, what needs to happen for two people to play ASL with Vassal?
2: Um, you gotta have a computer you okay. got to have an internet connection, so I think we've all got that. You've got to have uh, Java installed, which almost everybody does these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, it's really pretty simple. You install what's considered the core Vassal, which is V-A-S-S-A-L, and that's the program that can run all sorts of different games, uh, and that can be found, I think it's like vassal.org or something if you google vassal v-a-s-s-a-l it's easy to find yeah and nowadays uh vassal as in v-a-s-l which is the specific module for asl is sort of caught up so you don't have to get a specific version or anything you just install the the latest version of v-a-s-s-a-l it's a little confusing that they're almost the same name but um, so you install Vassal, then you go to Vassal.info, V A S A L, I'm sorry, V A S L.info. Okay, and, and I'll
0: include I'll include show uh, links on the show notes to this. So. Right. Yeah,
2: and that's where all the squad leader stuff is, and you're going to find the module for uh, squad leader, and all the boards there, and all the overlays. Everything is much more. Uh, compartmentalized than it used to be so you can really just download one big zip file of all the boards and the overlays and everything. Um, There's not a lot. It's really pretty easy now. It used to be a little tricky but now it's they've got it streamlined to a degree that uh, it's a few steps and um, I'm trying to think if there's a web page these days that kind of walks you through it but really even that page vassal.info I think has a step-by-step and it's a pretty brief steps Mm -hmm. to install it these days and they're working hard to improve that even it's going to get right now there's sort of new versions of the boards coming online as they make graphical corrections or improvements
1: Mm -hmm. and uh,
2: now it tells you when you don't have the latest board and it's really just a simple matter of getting the newest bundle. Uh, pretty soon they're going to make it so that it just automatically retrieves the newest boards for Ooh, you. So,
0: that'd be nice. Yeah. All right. So and and as I mentioned before, I don't know how long it's been, but um, when I jumped on it recently to just kind of take a quick look, the boards had line of sight intelligence built into them, so you could you can click on the center dot of any given hex and drag to another dot of any other hex and it'll tell you whether it's a clear line of sight or not.
2: Yep. And that works for most of the boards. They're still developing it, so it doesn't work with overlays right now. And um, you know, it, there's some things that I it, that it can't figure out like levels. Like if you're on a level 2 building shooting down to the ground level, I think it just assumes that you're both on the ground level. So you've got to still use your your ASL knowledge to interpret certain situations but Mm -hmm. it does speed things up but even before that it had a function where it basically drew a string and um, you could pretty easily check the line of sight yourself.
0: Just visually? Visually. Yeah, okay.
2: The only, I think the main reason they kind of created this automatic line of sight check is just to clear up any uh, arguments so if you're like, oh, that's that's got a pixel on the other side of the line and your opponent's like, no, it doesn't. Right. Now you can just defer to the program.
0: Yeah, I wonder if that'll solve arguments or if people will say, there's something wrong with this vassal.
2: Well, there have been, <laughs> apparently, this in the last six months, ASL is down three shootings from last year.
0: Wow, oh, well.
2: Yeah, so that's I think very, it's that's, really,
0: that's really very good then.
2: Yeah, but drinking has gone up. <laughs> So,
0: well, all right. So, uh, both players need to have vassal. If you're going to play a a scenario with, let's say board 22, you both have to have board 22 installed on your vassal. Is that right?
2: Yeah. But you really, you kind of just get them all together.
0: Just get them all at once and be done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. And so then uh, how do you find somebody to play? If you Obviously, if you're two guys, you know each other, you can probably work your way through it. But there are other ways to find people to play, isn't that right? Is there like a, they have like a hangout area where you can go and just kind of play pickup games and stuff like that? I was kind of remembering maybe...
2: Uh, there's a server uh, where you kind of play and there's like an open room where you can hang out in there and you put a little flag up that says you're looking for a game. But that's not a real efficient way to find a game. Hmm. People aren't checking in there very often unless they already have a game lined up. It's it's easier just to get a game, much as you would face to face, either by posting on Game Squad that you're looking for a game or on the very active Facebook forum that you're looking for a game. And um, you know, sometimes for play by email, you you can get overloaded with offers. Hmm. Uh, for live. Um, it's still just like face to face. It just depends on somebody has got the same time off and somebody's looking for a games, but it's, it's no trouble usually finding Vassal games. I mean, uh, play by email.
0: Yeah. And how, how have you find the guys, uh, how have you found the guys that you play? You're, you you do not hang out at the forest preserves and find them there, do you? <laughs>
2: no. Uh, okay. good. I found, I think, my first game or two on Game Squad and just in the, in the opponents wanted form. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's just like face-to-face. There's a few players that I have played ever since I played my first game. I've just continued to play with them. Okay. Um, I met a, a couple games here and there on uh, Facebook. I also joined the uh, Vassal League tournament where I met a few players, and some of those we've continued to play. Uh, and then, even locally, I know uh, Ken Smith of uh, ASL art fame lives down the road from me, but he's an incredibly busy guy. So, we uh, played a little bit face to face in the summer, and we've been able to continue playing. Uh, That's terrific. Through Vassal. Tell him we said hello. I will.
0: Yeah, we had a nice time when we interviewed him a couple of years ago.
2: He's huge fans of yours.
0: Oh, I'm glad. Yeah, especially, and, and, especially
2: and, Dave, because hasn't been too critical of his artwork.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, Dave has been kind, but easy to be kind to Ken because he's a excellent artist. Yeah. But um, okay, so um, the Vassal thing then um, you don't you don't need to own any ASL products to play it.
2: Uh, you don't have to if you know how to play the game and and you've got the rulebook etched into your brain. You, I guess, you don't really need anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, your opponent usually, if you're if you're trying to find a scenario and he has one he wants to play and you don't, you know, it's usually easy enough for him to send you a scanned copy, which is you know not a lot different than if you went to somebody's house and they let you look at their stamp uh, scanned copy. Right, um, but most people. You know uh have got kit uh most yes. of the time, you at least need the rule book, yes, um, and uh you know, I guess there may have been concern at one time that it would discourage people from buying a s l but if I'm any indication, it has just simply fueled the fire that has emptied my wallet
0: so and the, <laughs> yeah i'm so- we're so sorry. <laughs> But the, I was going to ask you about that because, so you still buy the stuff. So how come?
2: Well, I still want to play face-to-face when I can. I okay. still uh, have yeah. plans to go to tournaments in the future. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, you just, you play a cell, you just want, you. I mean, you don't just want to have it. You've got to have it.
0: You've got to have it. You've got to have
2: it. Yeah. Right.
0: Now with Vassal, what's one of the beauties of Vassal is you don't have to clip the counters. Right. You don't have have to punch them out or clip them or store them. No, Which is a beautiful thing or put them away, which is (laughs) amazing.
2: Right. Uh, They're working on a button that will toss the boards though.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, By accident. But so
2: if you get angry, yeah.
0: Toss the board. Right. That's a (laughs) great, great idea. Um, when I, The times that I looked into it a little bit, I felt like I was having to just scroll all over the place because in order to get the boards big enough and the counters big enough for you to see them on your screen, I guess depending on how big your screen is, uh-huh. you've got to do some scrolling around a bit to see things. And I found that to be kind of a deal breaker for me at the
2: time. Um do you do you encounter any of that do you have huge any problems with scenarios like it's hard to hard for me to imagine playing a campaign game mm-hmm. where I can imagine you, you really need to do that but you can kind of zoom in and zoom out as as needed so if you want to zoom out to get a whole overview of the battlefield uh you can do that and then once you say okay I'm going to focus on this region you zoom in mm-hmm. uh, I have a pretty standard i think it's like a 24 inch monitor and it's plenty big for most tournament size scenarios where i can see everything i need to see at a reasonable um you know level of zoom or whatever
0: yeah okay um,
2: but the advantages that it has as far as keeping clutter up um are tremendous as far as like not knocking stacks over um
0: very good point
2: you know, uh,
0: I've had a couple of encounters recently with players where we had some big stacks going on. And fortunately, the last two times it wasn't me, but the guy I was playing dropped a pen in one case and a pair of forceps in another case and uh, knocked over some big stacks. And it was pretty.
2: And you had to kill him.
0: I had to because I, yeah. I thought, no, I can't win.
2: I mean, one time you he can wrecked. let that kind of thing slide, but twice. Yeah yeah, yeah. so you know and vassal you're too far away to actually kill anyone which is another reason yeah. why, you know death has deaths have dropped yeah. Um, yeah
0: now when you play do you do you get on because there's no well is there voice over vassal do they have like a
2: most people who play live play play with Skype or Google Hangouts I did one time okay Um you know, and when you're playing live, it is, you know, people say this all the time, but it is, it is very much like playing in person, hmm. except with advantages of not having to smell body odor. Right. Or smell the people's food.
0: Right. They don't leave the toilet seat up in your house.
2: Right. Sometimes yeah. you do have to hear them crunch chips still, but they don't get your counters greasy. Yeah. Um You know, the advantage, one way that apparently Vassal, and I haven't done this because I'm terrified of it, but uh, night scenarios are, people swear by Vassal. In fact, that's the only way they'll play night scenarios now. Now, Why is that? Well, apparently, I guess in night, there are like, uh, if there's like a gunshot, you get like this three hex radius of light, or if there's a star shell, it's a five hex radius or whatever. Right. The whole board is darkened in a night scenario. Oh, wow. And, and when you put a star shell counter down, it automatically kind of illuminates a certain hex range around that star shell. Wow. When you click prep fire, you know, it's like, you know, the gunshots or whatever illuminate a certain range. Yes. Um, so with the whole board sort of darkened and dimmed, which you know gives you that feeling of a night scenario, and then it illuminates it when you you know do these different things, and apparently it makes it much easier to like tell what you can see and what you can't see, and um, you know without being super familiar with that, I can't rave too much, but you can kind of get an idea how it helpful it would be.
0: Yeah, certainly helpful if um, if it's to your advantage and. I wonder, I guess for the most part, uh, ASL people are pretty, pretty easygoing. Pe- probably not too many people take advantage of somebody else's uh, ignorance or, or forgetting about certain rules, like they may have an instance where they're playing at night where the guy could have taken advantage of a star shell illumination and he forgot
2: because mm-hmm.
0: it's not illuminated on the board. And In Basel, that wouldn't happen. I could see where somebody, though, might think, oh, he forgot. I'm going to let him forget so I can
2: win. Oh, I doubt. Uh, you know, just but like Probably Chase, not. Yeah,
0: actually, most of the, most of the uh, ASLers I know are pretty decent.
2: Yeah, I mean, vote. I think the only time you get that kind of thing is in in a competitive situation in a tournament, and even there I didn't personally uh, witness much of it, probably yeah. because I was deemed not a threat. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh,
0: now, uh, uh, so obviously, you you do run into those issues where uh, you have to consult the rule book. Uh huh. You're playing with somebody live. I guess I can see advantages both ways. You're playing somebody live. You consult the rule book. It's it's whether it's vassal or you're in the same room. You're going through the same motions. Yeah. Uh, if you're playing by mail, like you say, where you're sending your moves off, it gives you plenty of time to strategize and look up rules and all kinds of stuff really, doesn't it?
2: And sometimes it can give you too much time. You know, you spend uh, a lot of time agonizing over a setup or Mm. uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of time looking up rules instead of just playing. But, uh, you know, as you gain an experience in ASL, you look less and less things up, you get more confident in your setups and, you know, just like face to face. Right, or so I hear. I have not reached that nirvana point yet.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Would you say that um, people that play face to face could still benefit by playing Vassal? I I guess I can answer that, but I mean, it seems like an obvious answer, but.
2: You know, from the standpoint of the it being just clutter-free, easier yeah. to handle, manipulate, find time for it. You, don't, you know, sometimes you both want to play, but, you know, Jeff doesn't feel like putting his pants on to go to Dave's house. Um, you That's could still play the time, over yeah. the internet. Yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that, you just have a huge, much broader range of opponents. I mean, I've played, uh, I don't know, 20 different people of which two I could have played locally oh okay you know and I've played a huge range of, of uh, skill level opponents uh, I'm playing a guy right now in S- Sweden I think who uh, is way too good to have played me if he had seen me in person uh but I have learned so much playing against this guy. He's just annihilating me. Um, so we're having a good time. But if he had met me face to face, he probably would have said, uh, you know, you're not my league dude. But he couldn't tell that through the Internet.
0: So, so he's uh, probably rude in real life. <laughs> no. But, but no. Nice. Okay. And what is his name? <laughs> no. no, you don't have to tell me.
2: He's a great player. His name is uh, Stepan Biedler, and he uh, is—he's uh, just annihilated me in a scenario called. Uh, oh, what is it called? I don't remember. But he is about to. He's graciously agreed to switch sides so that he can annihilate me from the other side. From
0: the other side. Wow! Yeah. Like you haven't had enough.
2: <laughs> no, no, it's yeah. it's good fun. Have you ever played
0: ASL with? I know somebody that does it this way. Instead of playing Vassal, he just has a video camera. He, he's got a PC camera that he yeah, points at the board.
2: I've heard of this too. I don't know why you would want to do that.
0: Yeah, I'm not but, sure why either.
2: I think yeah. if you really want to use your board and your pieces, or if you're really concerned about people not actually owning the game. Um, Or if you just, you know, really enjoy the tactile sensation of moving pieces around and, you know. When you play on a computer screen, you are playing on a computer screen. It does look a little uh, gamier than the boards do. But, I mean, the boards look like game boards anyways. They do.
0: And once you get going in it, you don't notice that. Right. Yeah. Um,
2: Yeah, I've heard of that. To me, you know each his own, but I would personally prefer just to play Vassal.
0: Right. All right, well, that's great. I. It sounds terrific. I mean, I just can't think of any reason why I wouldn't try
2: it. Well, you should try it, Jeff. I'm extending an olive branch to you, <clears throat> giving you an opportunity right now to beat up on me.
0: All right, well, I doubt that would happen, but <laughs> I I will accept your olive branch, so... Over the next day or so, I'll send you some, let, let's pick a scenario. Okay. I'll commit to installing it. Okay. And we'll get we'll get something going and see how it goes so I can report back firsthand. Because I, ha- I have to admit, I'm still having a hard time believing that the play-by-mail. Playing live, I can see, with Vassal, I can see right. that. But the play-by-mail where you're submitting your your uh, moves back and forth. I've got I think I've got to try it. That's the only way I I'm, I'm really going to be able to wrap my head around it.
2: Yeah. I think you know, and it'll be a little uncomfortable at first. Uh the interface is something you have to get used to a little bit uh learning how to manipulate stacks, um, how to conceal counters selectively without revealing everyone.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Worrying about what your opponent can see and what he can't see and Uh, Once you kind of get comfortable with the way it works mechanically, all those issues go away and you just have a great time.
0: Cool. Well, if you don't mind tutoring me a little bit and uh, taking a little extra time for my short-term memory problems. Not at all. That'd be great.
2: What are we going to play again?
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Right. I'll meet you in the Forest Preserve and we'll think of something. Yes. No, uh, let's do that. And then we can report back or, you know, we'd like to have you back on the show and then you and I could talk about how things went and, you know, maybe we can get even more people playing ASL when they get comfortable with this, with the idea of using this tool. Sounds like a great thing.
2: I think Vassal is a good gateway for new players. Uh, It's another, and I think I'm sure people have mentioned this, but the way Vassal logs your games, especially in play by email uh, would really facilitate playing it back for one of your, um, oh, I don't remember what they're called. The uh, Oh,
0: right, one of our, yeah, I don't remember what they're called either. It's those, been so long since we've done one of our Hangouts.
2: That, or like the games that, uh, that Dave does with the, you know.
0: ASL Extras. Yes. Right, to ASL include extra. all of that, uh, exactly, to include all that along with the commentary would be amazing. Right. Yeah, great idea. Okay. Well, that's a deal. That's a date. We'll get together and figure that out. And I thank you very much for taking the time to be with us, Ken. It's been a real pleasure.
2: All right. Doctor, my voice, I want to sound like... uh,
0: Gregory Peck.
2: He would work. (laughs) Or Matthew McConaughey. Yes. (laughs) Make me look like him, too.
0: (laughs) I can do that. (laughs) I'd be happy to do that. All right, Ken. Well, terrific. Have a great night, and uh, I'll be talking to you real soon. Thank you, Ken, for that nice interview, and for all that stuff. Very good, Jeff. Ken and I are going to get together and actually play some Vassal. So
1: that's the thing we've been asked to cover
0: for a very long time. Yes, man. Because, as as you know, as you heard in the interview, I still can't believe it works. So I've got to actually do it. And who's going to teach
1: me then? I, I couldn't get it to upload. I'll help you. Okay,
0: yeah. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Should we wrap it up? We oh, definitely I, I, have to wrap it yeah, up. Yeah, I think we got to wrap it up. It's getting late. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And
1: please hold while I cue up a song. <laughs> the beginning stuff. And next up, we hit, don't know. I, I kind of lost my drive for a while. Luckily, I had a lot of stuff pre planned. And then Jeff did some stuff with Ken. Thank you, Ken. And it looks like we're going to maybe be getting to desert within the next winter season. Yep and the usual madness all right here at www.thetwohalfsquads.com your place for all things ASL and so
0: remember to roll, roll
1: low and rally well but not when you're playing us that would be tragic here's looking at you kid are you looking at me? Oh, I love this song. Are you looking at me? I was not looking at you. Are you at looking you? at me? I was not looking at you. Flame in your
0: heart. I think this was written by a pyromaniac. Oh, no, he doesn't want to set up a, a pyrophobic. Isn't this from the 30s? I don't think so. This is by Horace Height and his musical Nights.
1: goes back further than the war yeah Yeah, I'm looking it up well I've been working on a a way to combine Valor of the Guards and Tarawa into this mega 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 game would you like to try and play that for the next three years of your life (laughs)
0: I'm wondering how many people have had this experience where they set up one of these gigantic games and it doesn't go well on the first turn and they just pack it all away. (laughs)